Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. everyone and welcome to the fumble christmas is almost upon us we are raring to go we're locked in the playoffs are just over the edge of the cliff it's been a fantastic season so far there's been some amazing revelations on the offense on the defense with head coaching with the league in general celebrating its hundredth year darren what's father christmas bringing you this year probably nothing then if i'm honest i i don't think mrs f is necessarily getting me too much at Christmas because I tend to buy things all the way through the year. So when we get to Christmas, I don't need anything. But from an NFL sense, I think Father Christmas is going to bring us the finest playoff series of games that we've ever had. I just cannot wait for some of these heavyweights to go head-to-head. There's going to be so many matchups that you think, I've got to watch that. Normally, you get to the championship games and you think, right, this is going to be a fantastic Sunday. But I think the divisional round this year is going to be sensational because you've got so many good teams, so many legitimate Super Bowl winners, all of which score tons of points, that I think you're going to get a fantastic playoff run. So I think our Christmas as an NFL fan is to come in January, divisional round onwards, and I think it's going to be brilliant. Darren, I can't disagree with you. I think we have probably... One of the most iconic playoff runs. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we've seen in a long, long time. The playoffs for me, when when someone says to me NFL playoffs, I go back to the late 80s. And I, for some reason, my default setting for the playoffs is that Denver Broncos at the Cleveland Browns with the snow on the field, John Elway, one last drive to get it done. And he did. And I don't know why, but whenever anyone mentions playoffs, It's always that game. It's the most bizarre thing ever. And if I recall correctly, that game was broadcast live on Channel 4. And guess who was the host on Channel 4 for the UK? Guess who introduced it? Oh, It wasn't your usual couple. It wasn't Mick first. Not not Nicky Horn, no. It wasn't Nicky Horn. It wasn't John Smith, the former Patriots kicker, who we really clung on to as, a, as an English representative in the NFL. It was none of the main protagonists, as they say. Who, Who did was it then? Was? No, I don't know. I've got no idea. It wasn't you, John, was it? It was John Inverdale. <laughs> yes. Wow. Are you, are you sure that that one was on the telly? Because they played each other twice in the playoffs. 
And I remember listening to that game on Armed Forces Radio. And I think I would have been watching it on the telly had it no, been I'm, on the I'm, telly. I'm almost sure that one was on the TV. And Johnny, Let's Inverdale stick it out there. Let's stick it for the fumble lines. Let's put it out there. I think I've got it on an old VHS video somewhere. Have you? Have you? Yeah. It was the Ernest, the, the Ernest buying a fumble where they're going in the, the end one. zone. And he, is that the one? And he dropped the ball. Yeah, that yeah. is the one. So for me, that these are, these playoff games are iconic, you know, because we only play 16 games. But then the playoff run is so important and and everything is on the line. Because let's be honest, if you're the Patriots, we, we've discussed this many times, so I won't go there. You only have to win a handful of games and you're in the playoffs. You know, the, the, some might say that the Ravens division is now exactly the same. They've only got a little bit of competition from the Steelers, but it, it, it's not huge. So once you're in the playoffs, it's make or break, I think, for everyone, for the head coach, for some of the players, and more importantly, for the general managers. I think the general managers, this is where they should shine because they get the main say in picking players, in picking scheme, in picking what the club is, the club's identity. And I think this is where their head is on the chopping block. Mm, I, yeah, when I think, I think I think the iconic playoff image for me, the game I always remember as a Bears fan back then, was when the Redskins beat the Bears in the cold in Soldier Field and it turned out to be... Walter Payton's last game as a, as a bear. He retired after the game. And I remember the iconic picture where he sat on the soldier field bench and his breath created that fog around him. Yeah. And he just sat there contemplating on what had happened. The unbeatable bears had been beaten by the Redskins and Payton's career was over. And I think that's, the, that's kind of the image that, that sticks with me with regards to that. But I think we always look back a little bit more, more romantically, don't we, to something that we couldn't actually touch. And I think the difference is today that we can all now touch and feel part of the National Football League, where way back then it was like this, the fantasy league, wasn't it, that nobody could, nobody <laughs> could really get to see and touch. Yeah. You know, we didn't get the guys coming over here very often and not many people were able to get over there and, and see games and, and all that kind of thing. It was like this, this, mystical, this mystical game. Now it's part of our culture. So we look at it, I think, in a, in a much different way but I think when you look down at, at the teams that are in there I, you, you can't pick a you can't pick a Super Bowl winner at this no. stage can you I mean, I mean it's impossible there's, a, there's one or two where you think like the Ravens for example the, the Ravens they seem pretty much unstoppable with Lamar Jackson under centre because they're just creating so much offensive momentum they're generating so many points from various different ways in which you can do so in an NFL game you know they can run the ball the quarterback can run the ball the quarterback's the leading rusher on the bloody team which we talked about last week I find that really boring however we'll move on we'll skip on but he can also as you as you strip down the statistics last week he can also throw the ball the guy is so talented but I think we talked about it at the very very beginning of the year Darren I said let's not forget that famous saying that defence wins championships. And I've read a lot of news articles. I've listened to a couple of podcasts where people are now coming out of the woodwork and saying it's going to take the best defence to win the Super Bowl for their team. And I think that is, in this season, it's never been more true because these offences are powerful, they're quick, they move the ball fast, but yet they're so versatile in that they can chew up the clock and you've got no chance for your offence to go and get points on, on the board. So I think the best defence in this playoff run will win the Super Bowl for their team because their team inevitably will score points. See, I, I look at it like this. that I think that the quote gets used, and that quote's been around for a long, long time, and it, and long it always was absolutely correct. 
the, the great Super Bowl teams of the past had great Super Bowl defenses. When you go back to the, the Miami Dolphins, the unbeaten team hardly gave up any points. You think about the Steel Curtain, the Bears, the 2000 Ravens go through, you know, some of those. 2000 Ravens, every game, they said, all we need to do is concede 12 points. That's it. Let's yeah. give up 12 points because our offense, our offense statistically, will go and get us 17. Well, the point I'm going to make is that doesn't apply anymore. That, that, no. that quote, I think now, is antiquated because there's no way that any of these defences are going to stop any of these offences. It's just not going to happen. You know, the Baltimore Ravens have scored 472 points this season. There's no way that there's a defence in the playoffs capable of, of stopping the Baltimore Ravens. But there's Darren, not a team in there capable of stopping the San Francisco 49ers. But what might happen, and this is where the defence is going to, I suppose, in inverted commas, win the championship. But these games are going to be 35-32. You know, these games are going to be 44-40 because that's the kind of teams we've got. One of those teams right. will make a defensive stand at some stage and then we will say the defensive play won the game. Yeah, it will. That will decide the game. But there aren't going to be many of them this year. The only team built to do that, really, are the Buffalo Bills and they have to because they don't score points as rapidly as the others. The other, the other defence that you would look at and say it's a championship-caliber defence, I think, is the 49ers. But they've given up 258 points. I mean, they'll give up a lot of points. You know, the Saints are supposed to have a good defence. They've given up in excess of 300 points. I think that what will happen in the playoff, one of these teams during the course of the run will find a waiver to make one or two defensive stands. They'll force a couple of punts here and there. They'll nick an interception. But I don't think any defence, when, when you get to February and you look back on, on the playoff sequence, no defence, I don't think, you'll say, wow, that, you know, without that defence, they'd have been in trouble. I think it's all going to be decided by scoring points and it will be the defence that makes one or two plays, one or two stands, one or two turnovers per game. That team will, will get through and progress and, and get to the big one and then kind of take it from there. And I think the same will happen on Super Bowl Sunday in Miami. Darren, the reason why I wanted to interrupt you, you've just said it. <laughs> I think the modern-day equivalent of defence wins championships, or in, more specifically, in this playoff run that we're about to enter, it's going to take an interception. It's going to take some play from special teams. It's going to take a couple of sacks on one drive to stop the momentum of the opposing offence. I think you've hit the nail on the head. That, in today's playoff run, is what is going to make a defence win a championship is a couple of big standout plays by key players that will stop the momentum of the opposing offence gaining ground and scoring points. And I think it's going to be really, really interesting because this is where, like I said at the top of the podcast, big players have got to step up. Big players have got to come into the fold and say, right, this offence... Like, Let's take, for example, Darren, you mentioned them there, the San Francisco 49ers. At the beginning of that game, would you have dreamt or thought or gambled on the Falcons beating the 49ers? No, I, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. Um, well, they've, they've shown they've shown some cracks in their in their offense, and statistically, they're one of the worst teams in the red zone. Yeah, but what, what I'd say though, Vern, I, I always think this is a great time of year to take a look at what you might see next year, because you you do get teams that nobody talks about that pick up a bit of momentum in the final few weeks of the season, and then all of a sudden you think next year, where did they come from? But if you actually look back at how they finished. They were, they, were, they were onto something. And I think you put the Atlanta Falcons into that bracket. 
you know, Dan Quinn was supposedly a defeat away from losing his job. They kept with him. And since then, they've been a lot better. Three and two in their last five. So three of their five wins have come in their last five games. They're finishing well. You look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who all of a sudden, by the way, are seven and seven. And they're four and one in the last five games on the back of four straight wins. So there are teams now building momentum for next year that you'll look at it and go, they're a bit of a surprise team. But if you would have seen from week seven onwards, you would have seen the indicator that they were a lot better than they'd actually started the season. So I think there are a couple under the radar at the minute who are just giving notice that they might be a team to look out for next year. And I'd put the Falcons in that in that bracket and I'd also include the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But I know what you're saying. I mean, they're all they're all fallible too, I suppose, aren't they? I just wonder from a 49er perspective, Bird, they've had so many big games recently, haven't they? Mm. You know, they, they've played yeah. big teams in big games, in big moments. You, you can only play to that level for so long. You know, unless you are an absolute all-time team where you kind of find a way to do it every year. And I just wonder now whether whether the 49ers have just had a little period of time where they've it's been so intense for them. They've had so many big games to prepare for. They've all been so mentally and physically demanding that they just had that little down game against Atlanta. Yeah. And now they've got to pick themselves up and dust themselves down and go again and make yeah. that into a positive rather than a yeah. negative. The big negative is if they're a fifth seed, it makes the journey there that much more difficult because I think home field, I said this two weeks ago, home field advantage during the playoffs because of the strength of some of these teams is going to be vital. But trying to beat Baltimore as the road team is entirely different. But you don't want to go to Seattle and try and win because they're too good. You don't want to go into the Superdome in New Orleans and try and beat Drew Brees in front of that crowd. You know, you want them on your home surface, on your home turf, in your own stadium. And I think the defeat to the, the Falcons last weekend puts a real dent in that from a, a San Francisco 49ers perspective, Vern. If you look at the playoff picture as it stands at the moment, they're a, they're a wildcard team at the moment. If, if, it, if it stopped now, the 49ers would play the Cowboys on wildcard weekend. You know, the Vikings would play the Saints and they'd be on the road, the 49ers, in Dallas, which in play, come playoff time is not an easy game. You know, so no. if, you're, if you're facing road games all the way through the NFC. Good luck with that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, right? It's crazy. I, I think you've got, to, you've got to get home field advantage. And at the moment, Seattle and, the, and Green Bay are getting the bye. Patriots and Ravens are getting the bye. Texans oh. and Chiefs get home games. Saints and Cowboys get home games. But you've got the likes of the 49ers, the Vikings, on the road in the playoffs. I mean, wow. I mean, these are, these are really, really good teams that are going to have to go on the road as it stands. I know there are games to play, but as it stands, that's what's going to happen. There's something that I noticed at the weekend, Darren, and it involves your former team, the team that you momentarily loved and were passionate about, the Green Bay Packers. And you watch Aaron Rodgers, and uh, everyone knows I'm the biggest Brady fan. Right, I think Aaron Rodgers, because Brady is not on the mark, he's off the money, he's a little bit, not rusty, but he's not firing on all cylinders. Aaron Rodgers, for me, has picked up that mantle as the most calm, confident quarterback we have in the NFL this year. If you watch the past few games that he's played in, the guy is just absolute class. And I think there was just something inside me, my old kind of, you know, you have a gut feeling. We've been watching American football for a very, very long time. And I watched Aaron Rodgers at the weekend and I thought, I'm going to have a cheeky tenor on the Packers to lift the Super Bowl. Because there was something about him in that he was Joe Cool in the pocket. 
I'll give you, I'll give you, ten, I'll give you ten to one as a mate. All right, good man. I'll, I'll take your tenner and I'll give you ten to one. There is no way that they're winning the Super Bowl. I think, I think of the NFC team, and it's a tight one for me, excluding Dallas and Philadelphia because we don't know who's going to be in. Yeah. But I don't know whether I'd change this statement anyway. I think the Packers are number six on that strength list of NFC teams. I think they're the weakest team in the NFC heading into the playoffs. I think they're averaging 24.3 points a game. They can't score after half-time very consistently. <laughs> Someone's been just, packing the punch, Darren. Yeah, I just don't, I don't think they can make enough defensive plays. I'll happily give you 10 to 1, my friend, on that. And I'll happily part with £100 of my finest money <laughs> if that mob win the Super Bowl. It will not happen. They are way off. Um, I'll, I'll take the tenner from you and I'll keep it. I might even frame it. It could be the first time you've parted with a tenner in such circumstances. <laughs> but I will give you 10 to 1, my friend, that the Green Bay Packers do not win the Super Bowl. All right, I'll take that. I'll take Thank that. Let, let's not forget, I called the Ravens beginning of the season. Let me just ask you this, though, because we've got to kind of look at some big games. Yeah. There's one this weekend, and there's one in week 17 as well, which is um, the Seahawks against the 49ers. So we've got one or two decisive games coming up. I mean, the big game. Yeah, huge. I mean, the one that we've got to talk about this weekend is this um, Eagles Cowboys game, because to all intents and purposes, it's the NFC East playoff isn't it you know winning you're in and losing you're out because I think they play they play Washington and the Giants between them in the final week of the season so you'd expect both of them to win there so we've got a situation here where winning you're in losing you're out potentially who do you who do you like it's in Philadelphia do you like the Cowboys outside in the cold or do you like the Eagles at home with the, the Super Bowl winning experience of Carson Wentz etc well we mentioned home teams earlier on you were talking about uh, you know you don't want some bigger some some of these big name teams at home like for example the Seattle Seahawks you don't want to go to Lambeau Field you don't want to go to New England I think Philadelphia we know historically is the most hostile NFL stadium in the league the the, the fans are on borderline violent uh, they don't care what they show from the stadium from the bleachers they they're full on involved with their team they're so passionate and I think it's that edge and the cold, and the fact that the Eagles, they've got a, they've got a relatively decent defence. It's not the best, it's not the worst, all right? But you don't want to play the Eagles at home when you've got Dak Prescott, and, you know, you've mentioned it before, Darren, statistically, the best offence in the league. It's scary how good they are statistically. But would you put them in Philadelphia, on the line, to beat the Philadelphia Eagles when people are talking about their head coach, Jason Garrett, getting sacked this season. And also Jerry Jones looks like he's been dragged through a hedge backwards. You can see the stress on every line of his face. The pressure on the Cowboys, I think, will be too immense to go into Philadelphia and beat the Eagles. I, I tend to agree simply because of the road scenario for Dallas. But I think if you look at the two teams, Dallas should win this game. Dallas have more talent Dallas, on the defensive Dallas, side, Dallas, I think. Dallas hadn't won for four games prior to this weekend. Exactly, exactly. But I think they've got the better talent. And I think this all comes down to the coaching job. Do you want to go with Doug Peterson or do you want to go with Jason Garrett when all the chips are in the middle of the table? And I think Jerry Jones, regardless of what he says, will ultimately make a coaching change in the summer. I don't he's think he'll to. stick with Jason Garrett. He's got to. 
has to. Has to. And I just think it comes down to the fact that there will be key moments in this game, which won't be a blowout because there's too much on the line, where it will come down to his brain against the the opposite coach's brain, Doug Peterson's brain. Can he come up with the key decision at the key time? And he's shown throughout his tenure as the, the Dallas head coach that, that they are his limitations. He's got limitations there. I, I think this could boil down to something as that could be the margin between the two. I like Philadelphia as well, but I think the inferior roster will win. I think there's more talent on the Dallas side than there is on the Philadelphia side. And in actual fact, I think the Dallas roster matches up to any roster in the NFL in terms of talent. And I think they're a, a top-class yeah. head coach away from being a legitimate Super Bowl-caliber team. But I think the drop-off from a lot of those head coaches down to Jason Garrett makes them also runs. And I think it's a real shame. I like Philly too. I think Dallas stay home. And I think Philadelphia then will try and build a bit of momentum going through the playoffs. But I think their biggest problem is they can't play defense and they'll run into a San Francisco or Seattle, whatever it is, and they'll just score too many points for them. But I'm with you. I like the Eagles too, Vern. The defensive line for the Philadelphia Eagles holds the key to their success in that game. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. It's got to yeah. be done. Darren, let me ask you this. Did you watch the uh, BBC Sports Personality of the Year on uh, on Sunday? No, I don't I don't really like it anymore because it's all dependent on what rights they can get. So it's not really a legitimate review of the sporting year. It's a, it's a review of whatever rights they've got. So I, I, don't, find it, I don't think it's very good. Uh, that aside... Yeah. <laughs> I'm a bit honest. Yeah, no, which is why we, we, we love and adore your opinion on the football because it's always brutally honest and I think that's yeah. important. So uh, something that I thought they missed up on and this is something, a sport that they do have rights of. They can get rights to the NFL. Alistair Kirkwood, our dear friend, would, would, would do anything he could to get... NFL on a primetime show like Sports Personality of the Year. I think the BBC missed a trick by, A, not only promoting the NFL, which is a sport that they have on the BBC, on terrestrial television, but also in this day and age where youth culture is talked about only when it involves violence, I think the BBC have missed a huge trick, hugely positive for them, not including F.A. Obada's story in one of those little VTs that they have where they say, oh, by the way, this happened in this sport. You know, because in the past we've seen random sports and no offence to anyone who plays squash, you know, or, or crown green bowling. Those sports have been included in sports personality. Of the year. Yeah, but when they are, they're world champions or whatever in those, in those fields. I mean, F.A. Abada is a nice story from where he's, where he's yeah, been Darren, to where Darren, he is. But what, what politically, what? politically, do you not think it would have been a great idea for the BBC to say, you know, that the UK is dominant in these sports. We won the Cricket World Cup. We got to the semi-finals of the Rugby World Cup. We're not dominant in the NFL, are no. we? No. By the way, there's a young lad who, no. for five years, has no. grabbed... No, it would have made a great VT to show no. the story and exemplify no. what he's all about and the way that the game is developing within the UK. No, it's not, it's not, that's not what it is. Listen, he's a nice story for me, and he's, a, he's, a, he's an even nicer story for you. But he's a story, and, and this is sports personality of the year. I mean, he's, if he was a pro bowler in the NFL, fine. If, if he'd been one of the dominant players this year, fine. But, I mean, he's a, he's a bit part player on a, on a poor team, a five-win Carolina Panthers team, and he, he, he does what he does, and it's a fantastic achievement 
that he's had personally to get from where he was to where he is now. With regards to Sports Personality of the Year, it's the wrong spot. It's the wrong place for him. If the BBC decided to make a, a documentary film, The Life of F.A. Abada, fine. Because I think we'd all sit down and marvel at the, the journey he's been on and be, be so inspired by the journey that he's taken. But this is not that. I mean, there are, there are world champions, British world champions in different sports that don't get a look in on sports personality. So we can't just chuck it in because it's a nice story and we like the NFL. I think it's the wrong place. I don't think it's, 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 it's what he is. I don't think there's a place for him in there. Yeah. If he wins the Super Bowl, I get it. No, I know, I know, I know. But I just think it was a wasted opportunity for them to promote the NFL, which is what Alistair really wants on the BBC. I know uh, what Alistair... I, know, I, mean, I love Alistair to bits. I know what Alistair wants. You know what Alistair wants. But it's not what Alistair wants on, on Sports Personality no, 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 of the Year. He I'm would have saying. had me and you hosting it for a start. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All that aside, here's a question for you. Ron Rivera is jobless. Do you think he could end up at the Cowboys? I'd like to think he could end up at the Bears, personally. Um, Do you think he's Cowboys... game over for Matt Nagy? Let me take the first bit first. I, I, Jerry Jones, I think, will go college coach. I don't think he'll appoint from the NFL. I think he'll go college. I think Lincoln Riley, Urban Meyer would be his two first choices. I, I think Ron Rivera looks nice on the tin, but I don't think he's a Jerry Jones choice. I think from a Chicago perspective, you, you could almost hope to recreate the impact that Mike Ditka had on the franchise when he came. Because you've got a member of the Super Bowl winning team from 85, Ron Rivera, who yeah. was a backup linebacker then. He's been the defensive coordinator in Chicago. He's a bloody good head coach. He probably fits the mould of what the Bears need to be better than Matt Nagy, who's supposed to be a, an imaginative offensive mind. But all the best with that in the ice and snow in Soldier Field in December. It's difficult to be creative and have multiple motions and all that kind of thing on offense in those conditions. Chicago have to be what Chicago is. Ron Rivera, to me, looks like he's the kind of coach that could pull that franchise together and go again. Not necessarily sure that Matt Nagy's been too impressive in the difficult times this season. I think Mitch Trubisky called him out a little bit for his play calling after the uh, defeat against Green Bay. So we could have done a lot more in the game from a play calling perspective. And I just look at Ron Rivera sometimes, the right person is the right fit for the right franchise. And he mm. just looks to me to be a head coach of the Chicago Bears. Now, I don't think it's going to happen. I think there's probably a 2% chance it happens. But I think if you're looking for the perfect fit for Riverboat Ron, I think it's Chicago. I think he goes in there, he plays defense. You know, let, let's get this right. He's a defensive coach, but his Carolina teams have always scored a ton of points. You know, he's acutely yeah. aware of what's needed on the offensive side. This is not, <laughs> you know, I'm going I'm to run it three times and punt and then I'm going to get a defensive turnover and win 7-0. He's exactly. not one of those. He's got Cam Newton and he's, he's had Christian McCaffrey and he's got a very imaginative offense. I think he's an all-round very good head coach. From a Bears standpoint, I think if you were inclined to make that decision, I think it would be a good one. I don't think it'll, it'll happen, but I think that would be a better fit for him than Dallas because I think Jerry Jones likes to go for for college coaches. So I think that would that would stand in Riverboat Ron's way. But I think he's a great coach. And I think one thing is certain, Vern, he will be coaching in the NFL on the opening weekend of next season. And if not, there's something wrong. Yeah, I really like him. I think he's a great coach. And I think, you know, the nine years that he was in uh, the Panthers took them to a Super Bowl. Let's not forget that. Up against the Super Bowl. that he, 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 They weren't going to win Peyton Manning's one song. Let's be yeah. honest. 
they weren't going to win that at all. Even though Peyton Manning literally didn't turn up, the defence did the job for him, they weren't going to win that game. Uh, Darren, if you're, if you're sat in the office uh, as the general manager of one team whose hopes have been completely dashed this season, that are completely the opposite to when you started the season, who would you be... Who would you be if you were the most disappointed general manager or owner in the NFL right now compared right. to the beginning of the season? Right. Now, this is a, a different variation of a question that I was desperate to ask you today. I think this is really easy. They stand at 6-8 and eight in the AFC North, and they are called the Cleveland Browns. And I think if you're Jimmy Haslam at the minute, you are thinking, what the hell has happened here? Yeah. They've had so many high picks. They've made so many moves. They, look at the roster they've got. I mean, it's it's strong. O- offensively, very strong, apart from the offensive line. I'm sat there and I'm thinking, is this a piss take? The general manager has appointed a head coach that's out of his depth. He's drafted a quarterback that is seemingly not a number one overall pick in Baker Mayfield, who lacks accuracy. He's made a trade for Odell Beckham Jr., who now never sees the ball. And by doing that, he's managed to eliminate Jarvis Landry as a big threat as well. Yeah. He's then got Kareem Hunt, who's now taking touches away from Nick Chubb, who you can make a case is a top five NFL back. Oh, without without Darren. Without Darren. And by the way, if we just reverse gear a little bit and look at Odell Beckham, he actually traded away arguably his best offensive lineman, which is now a weakness of the team, to get a wide receiver that he didn't want. John Dorsey. So I kind of look at all this and I think if I'm Jimmy Haslam, I'm thinking, what is my general manager doing? Why is this fellow my head coach? Why the hell did we draft Baker Mayfield? Why am I paying Odell Beckham who's driving around in orange Bentleys and wearing watches on the game and bottoms that are too small for league rules? (laughs) Why have we become the laughing stock of the league in a season where we should be going toe-to-toe with Baltimore for the division? Yeah. And I cannot... I cannot for the life of me work out what they're doing. I just don't understand it. You know, the Browns have been terrible for so long and all of a sudden they've got a really good team and they, they still managed to make a massive mess of it. You know, you know what? I, I think you can almost make a case. The Bengals are one and 13, right? Yeah. I actually think you can make a case for more positivity around Cincinnati than you can Cleveland. The Bengals go into the draft now and they'll take the best quarterback in the in the draft. Mm. And they've got a young, offensive-minded head coach that they think they can stick with. And the Bengals have been relatively competitive with no talent this year. All right, they've lost. Yeah, but they, 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 you're right. They've gone toe-to-toe with pretty right. much when they play. Right, right. Now, I look at the other lot and I'm thinking, you've actually performed below expectation. You've actually given less than you should. You've created more problems than you should. The quarterback looks like he's regressed instead of progressing in a season where he's got more weapons. We have no offensive line. We can't block anyone. We're reliant on Nick Chubb and a big play to to win a game. You know, we've given up over 300 points on defense, so we can't play that either. We've got Miles Garrett hitting an opposition quarterback in the head with his helmet. I mean, what, what, as a franchise, in all my years of watching the NFL, this might be the single most dysfunctional season from a talented team that I've ever seen. And, and you're right. It all stands from the top, right? It, there, must be there must be something in that locker room. There must be something in that complex 
that just isn't clicking, that isn't right. There's got to be. Remember, like the, the uh, what did they call it? The, the golden era of of the England team when we had all those. Yeah. That uh, it was the golden era, right? The golden generation. The golden generation. Uh, stories have come out since where all the players from all the different teams were all separated. And, you know, you had Man United on one team, you had uh, Liverpool on another team. I reckon the Cleveland Browns are exactly the same. I reckon it's very segregated. I reckon you've got guys over here, guys over there, who are all on different wavelengths, and it's just not clicking. It's not... Listen, We we called Baker Mayfield, Darren, Yeah. before he was drafted. We said, not going to last. No. Let let, let me give you one bit I missed, which is probably as significant as anything, right? So one of the most abhorrent things I've seen watching the NFL is Miles Garrett swinging the helmet at Mason Rudolph. Yeah. Right? Could have caused serious damage. Disgraceful. The following week, the head coach, the head coach, the, the tone setter in the room wears a Pittsburgh started it T-shirt. <laughs> now, I'm not being funny, mate. Can you see Vince Lombardi walking in with one of those? No. Does Bill Belichick wear one of those? Does Bill Belichick wear a, a T-shirt that says "The camera never lies"? No, no, he doesn't, does he? No, because but you've got the head coach wearing a Pittsburgh started it T-shirt. Yeah. I mean, what is wrong with this guy? I mean, what is yeah. wrong with this franchise? When Garrett literally, like, that was GBH with an offensive weapon. If you walk down any high street in the UK, but more importantly in America, and you tried whacking someone over the head with an NFL helmet. You're going to jail, my friend. It's yes. as simple as that. It's yeah, but then, but then uh, so for then, a head coach to, to try and defend him, he's outrageous. Yeah, you, you, you. Then, I mean, then as a, as a franchise, you can stop it because you set a tone, you set, you, you create a culture, and the the culture they have is a bad culture. But you can't legislate for an individual doing something like that in a game. So I get that. That's yeah, but not we, Freddie we've Kitchen's fault. The head coaches. Look at Fergie. Yes. Billichet, look at Lombardi. They right. took nothing. Right. It's no then shit. how you, yeah. It's then how you respond and how you deal with it. And You're wearing right. a Pittsburgh started it T-shirt just sums up exactly what's happening. Now I think there, there has been word coming out of Cleveland this week or last week that they're going to stick with him. That Kitchens is going to get the job I saw for that. next year as well. I mean, it's it's totally absurd. Absurd. Yeah. I was hoping that the Raiders would have improved this year. Yeah. Under Chucky, because I like I like their head coach. I think he's charismatic. I think it seems like he's a, a player's coach. You know what I mean? I think he's all-encompassing from the top to the bottom. Uh, I, I think they'll come to fruition next year, me. I really do. But I don't think Darren, Derek Carr will be under centre. I, I think there's one thing that's really, really, really harmed them this year. And I think there were signs early in the season that they were OK. I mean, they've, they've lost four on the trot, haven't they? So yeah. at one stage, they were six and four. And they were a playoff team at that stage. And they've now lost four. I don't think you can underestimate the whole Antonio Brown situation in preseason and then into the season. That they'd yeah. identified that Antonio Brown would make them a significantly better offense and would make Derek Carr a better quarterback and open up bigger holes for, for Josh Jacob. I think by losing him, they couldn't cope with it. They're then in the same situation that the Patriots are. They've not got a number one. You Basically, know? you redesign your offense for a yes. receiver like that, don't you? Yeah, I think that set them back a lot. I think if you imagine the Raiders with a focused, performing Antonio Brown, they're a significantly better team than they are now. Antonio Brown is going to take the attention away from three opposing defenders. There you the go. The quarterback, the safety, and the outside linebacker. Simple. Yeah, yeah. That's the difference for me, Vern, in, in when you look at 
the Raiders, I wouldn't necessarily say they're dysfunctional. I'd just say they're a bit unfortunate and then they are a work in progress. I look at the Cleveland roster and I think that that's a playoff caliber roster. Yeah. And they, they, just, they just stink. And the whole process is, it's amateur hour, isn't it? It's am- I feel for Browns fans. Internet Rich, my good mate, is a Browns fan. And he's been there through thick and thin. And he's one of these guys who never wants to buy the jersey because you never know how long the player's going to last. And this year, he's, this year he's gone for it. And he's bought a Baker Mayfield. And, you know, he's got the Baker jersey. And it's just, not, it's just a waste of time. And every year he thinks this could be our year. You know, all we want to do is be a winning team. They don't want to win the Super Bowl. They just want to win. They don't need to win the Super Bowl. When you've been 1-15 and all that, you don't need to win Super Bowls. You just no. need to win. And he, he was so optimistic. And he allowed himself to see all the positives and he believed all the hype. You know, the, the pundits were saying, look, they might make a sticky start, but the second half of the season, easier games, they'll, they'll make a playoff push. And it's just never materialised. And I think while these clowns are running it, the owner, the GM, the coach, who I mean, they look like the terrible trio. While that's in there, I just think they're always going to be cruddy. I just, I don't see it. Hilarious. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Darren, do you think the Vikings have got what it takes to do a, a real good playoff push? Possibly, but I think they're going to have to go on the road, Vern. You know, I think that, are they, am I right in saying that they're, are they, they're unbeaten at home this year? On yeah, their own track, so. indoors? They're an unbeaten side. All the losses have been on the road. That tells me that when they go outside and it's, it, they've got to play on grass and the conditions are less less than ideal, I think there's a problem. And still Delvin to be convinced about Kirk. Yeah, Dalvin Cook injured. Kirk Cousins still has to win the big game for me to to convince me. I think I think if they win the division and they play at home, they've got a chance. I think if they've got to go on the road, they've got to go and play in San Francisco, play in Seattle, play in Green Bay. I think they'll have a problem. So I, I don't think this will be their year. But I think they're another one of those teams that you look at it and say the pieces are there. They're not far away. And it wouldn't surprise you if next year they were the dominant NFC team. I think they're really close, don't you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, th- I, I think you're right. I think you're right. If they can get healthy. I mean, <clears throat> look at look at the transition in the team when, when Cook came back on the squad. It was immense. Yeah, you know, they're, they're just churning out yards for fun. I, I yeah. still don't think that Kirk Cousins, for me, is what the NFL deems an elite quarterback. I, I, I just don't think he, he's got the confidence of the superstar passers to just hold on to the football a little bit longer and then launch it when he knows the time is absolutely perfect, not 99%. Any, any, any negative thought as a quarterback, it's just not going to happen. And I think mm. he's that kind of guy. Yeah, I, really I mean, they've still got to play Green Bay, haven't they? So, you know, they've, they've got a they've got a chance 
yeah. I don't know whether they can pass them with the various tiebreakers. And they're two and two in their own division. The, the Packers are four and zero. Oh, so whether that would be the tiebreaker, I'm not sure. But I mean, I, I just think they've got to play. They've got to play indoors if they're going to win. I, I just, I just, I just see better teams than them. Do you want some numbers, by the way? Vern? Have only got four. Oh for you yes, forgot. Yeah, go Have on. Got four. Have only got four. Well, well, give us the numbers and, and then we'll draw it to a clause because uh, yeah. because Father Christmas is on his way. Okay, I'm going to give you. I'm going to start and finish with Giants stats. Bizarrely, I don't know how this this has worked this week. We've hardly mentioned them all year. So the Giants and the Eagles first played each other in 1933. The Week 15 win for the Eagles gave them the lead in the series for they for the very first time. 86, 85, and two. Since 1933, when they first played, the Giants have always had the edge in their head-to-head record. That's insane. Yeah, this year, from 1933 to now. Week 15, the Eagles finally went ahead, 86, 85, and 2. I I would never have had that. No. Um, This one will concern you and concern anybody that supports the Baltimore Ravens and likes the look of their offense. In Lamar Jackson's first 20 games in the NFL, He's been hit 270 times. We've said it all along, Darren. Statistics never lie. And you and I have said that one of these quarterbacks, it's, it, they've been in the league before. And all the hype was bigger. Let's not forget all the hype surrounding Washington's. Robert Griffin III, when he came into the league as a Heisman Trophy winner, everyone said this is the future. All right, he had some difficulties on the field, but he got beaten up. If the Ravens can stop Lamar Jackson getting beaten up and they've proven that they have so far this season, he's going to be successful. But I will put my neck on the line. I will say this. He'll have three successful seasons in the NFL and then it's game over. Yeah. So, so that's that's an average of 13.5 hits per game. That's mad. That's no, mad. Yeah. And it only takes one. We know that, Darren. It only takes one. Um, here's another one. And so this week we were all celebrating the fact that Drew Brees has now thrown more touchdown passes in the NFL than anybody else. Well, he hasn't, actually. Because if you include playoff games, and I don't know why they don't, Brees is on 5-7-4 and Brady is on 6-1-1. Why on earth don't they include playoffs? Because surely players should have playoff statistics as well because that's ultimately what they're trying to achieve. Yeah. You're trying to get to the playoffs and win. So you should be able to count those statistics too, surely. Yeah, I wonder why. I wonder who, who is... We don't have an, a, a go-to statistician, do we? Why no. is not included? Yeah, they don't include playoffs. To so, delve deep into the offices, into the bowels of the NFL London office and find us an NFL statistician in New York because that's a great question. Yeah, Brady 6-1-1, Brees 5-7-4. I bet they say that it's not fair to include playoff statistics because most quarterbacks don't have the capability to rack up numbers in the playoffs because they don't get there. Great. So they shouldn't be the league leader, should they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So for me, Tom Brady is still the leading touchdown thrower in the history of the league because I think you cannot take Brady's playoff achievements away from his career in any way, shape, or form. That's what's, that's what's made his career. It we finds always... his greatness. Exactly. That's what he's got six rings to crying out loud. He's the greatest quarterback ever to play. And don't on Twitter argue with me because it's a fact. 
It's yeah. a fact. He so he's six one one. Breeze is five seven four. Ever play, and and I and I think I think Drew Brees. Remember, Darren, at the beginning of the season, people were questioning the strength of Drew Brees' arm. People were questioning whether he should step to one side this year. At the beginning yeah. of the season, they were they were calling him out. They were saying he's Drew Brees, the quarterback that we know, Drew Brees, and he's just proven himself times a hundred that he is absolute class. Do you know what I'd say, Vern, on the on on the numbers? I kind of get it for other positions because if you're a wide receiver and your quarterback's not very good, you're not going to get to the playoffs. If you're a running back and your quarterback's not very good, the likelihood is you're not going to get to the playoffs. But I think quarterback statistics should include the playoffs because the quarterback kind of decides whether you get there or not. There aren't many teams in the NFL with a bad quarterback that get to the playoffs. Mitchell Trubisky being the exception last year. But you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you are, you're judged as a quarterback by making the playoffs and winning Super Bowls. So I yeah. think those numbers for a quarterback should be included. That's what you're there for. That's why yeah, you get paid more than anybody else on the roster. That's interesting. Yeah. I love things being complete, Vern. Might be a bit of OCD. But I, I like I like things to be to be tidy, nice and tidy, and and we tidied something up at the weekend. This is my final number of the day. Eli Manning threw three interceptions against the Dolphins. He's now thrown at least one interception against every NFL franchise apart from the Giants. <laughs> I was sat there thinking, come on, Eli, you've got to throw an interception against Miami. Thirty out of thirty-two isn't right. You're allowed to not throw an interception to one of them because that's your team. But you can't you can't have one outstanding side. So obviously Eli's looked at this and he thinks, right, listen, let's let's sort Fletcher out. I need to chuck one of these. So we've got <laughs> every team in the league apart from the one I'm at. I've chucked an interception at. Thank you, Eli. I can now relax. I'm just gonna go and check whether I lock the front door. So we're all right. We're we're all good. Eli Eli's thrown an interception against everybody that he possibly could in his NFL career. Oh, bless him. I think, I think when he walked up holding his kids, I think that was a sign that that was Eli's swan song at, uh, at MetLife Stadium. Yes. I don't think so he'll it should be. In. He's had a good career. I don't think he's had a great career. He's had a good career. Is he a Hall of Fame? Or maybe we'll talk about that next week. So I think that's a fascinating debate. Yeah, I, I think it is. And, and a lot of people would be, hey, listen, the guy's got two Super Bowl rings. Of course, he's a Hall of Famer. But his career as a whole... There are better quarterbacks that haven't made the Hall of Fame. I, I think we should put it up as a as a, a Twitter poll on the fumble, at the fumble, and I think we should discuss it next week. I'm fascinated to see whether our our downloaders think that he's a, a Hall of Famer. I, I'm I'm really conflicted. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to give it some we will thought see. this week. Hey, and let's be honest, the, the two Super Bowls that he has participated in, they were absolute crackers. And he won them, didn't he, with drive? Yeah. But then, yeah, look at yeah, his yeah. then look at his regular season record. I mean, I, I don't see too many people saying, oh, oh, Joe Montana has thrown an interception against every defense he's ever played, apart from his own. I mean, it, you don't see that, do you? You know, Tom no. Brady's thrown interceptions against everybody. It doesn't happen. And you no. look at his regular season record. I'd be surprised if he's got a winning record as a as a quarterback. He must have a losing record. They've had yeah. so many bang average seasons that he's not been able to influence. Yet the two biggest moments of his life, he played like a Hall of Famer. I think it's fascinating that discussion. Hey Darren, you know 
where this is going because we talked about six degrees of separation last week, right? Yeah. We talked about Eli Manning and his record and the fact that he's been to two Super Bowls, blah de blah de blah de blah. The Jags, the Jacksonville Jaguars, have yes. just fired Tom Coughlin. I'm not surprised. Did you see that some of the fines that he administered to Jacksonville players were actually illegal under the CBA, the collective bargaining agreement with the NFL? So <laughs> he was fining players for things that he's not allowed to find them for. I mean, it's, it's, it's mad. And you think about the high draft picks they've had that he's been behind that haven't worked. If anything, the Jacksonville Jaguars have regressed. I'm not surprised they've got rid of him. I think I don't think you can do that anymore. You know, I, th- I think we see this in the Premier League. You've got to talk to people these days. You can't beat them with a big stick. We're, we're in a, an age of communication and discussion. Some people like it, some people don't. But that's the way of the world. I think Tom Coughlin's old school, and I don't think old school in certain cases is the right school these days. And I think he's, he's in there beating people with a big stick. And NFL players don't respond to that anymore. Yeah, I, th- I think it's time for him to to kind of take his Super Bowl victories, take his career, sit on the coach, light a pipe and say, NFL, Super Bowl completed. Done. Is he a Hall of Famer? Uh, <laughs> wow, there you go. Tom Flores yeah. isn't in. Tom Flores, yeah. who won a couple of Super Bowls with the Raiders, he's not in. So no. winning Super Bowls isn't a prerequisite that you get in. No, so that's a good point. Is, and we'll is, open that one up as well. Yeah. So let's let's, let's put it this way. Is the, the, the New York Giants combo, yeah. Tom Coughlin and Eli Manning, is it Canton bound? Do they yeah. deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? Let us know at The Fumble on Twitter because that's a really, really interesting debate because you see some randoms get in there. But these guys, have, you know, some might say, yeah, they've done it. They've, they've won the Super Bowl, which is the pinnacle of the game. But over a career, were they good enough to enter the Hall of Fame? Let us know. Love it. The Fumble on Twitter. Good debate. I, love it. I think with that one, we have a close relationship with Neil Reynolds, okay, who, who is the face and the voice of NFL UK. Let's put that to Neil, because I think Neil will be quite confused with that one as well. Let's also do this, because I want to do this next week. This is Simon's idea, and I think this is a really good idea. Who what? Bear in mind, it's Christmas. For the Fumbleites out there, at the Fumble, and get involved in this, because we're going to discuss it next week. It's your chance to really interact with the podcast next week. Who are the three wise men of the NFL? If we had to say, give us the, th- the three most important people in the NFL, who are they? Who do you think? We've got to, we'll work ours out. Who do yeah. you think they are? We're, and they don't we're not going to start. I'm not going to give you a teaser. We're just going to no. put it out there. Who are the three wise men of the NFL? The three, yeah, which, which kind of means the three most significant people in the NFL. Not even necessarily important, because then Roger Goodell would be in every discussion as the commissioner, but he might not be in yours. So who is yeah. the mo- who are the three most significant people, the three wise men of the National Football League with a the Christmas theme? We'll do that next week. We'll discuss Coughlin and Manning. Hall of Fame credentials. We want your input with that. And we'll discuss who the three wise men of the NFL are at the Fumble. Get involved. And we will read a load of these out and discuss it and have a big discussion about this next week. And if the story of Christmas was in 2019, who are your three wise persons uh, in the NFL? (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, I get that. Yeah. I know, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But they are called the three wise men, aren't they? I know. I know. Yeah. I'm joking. Well, or has that changed? Since as, I as a stout Roman Catholic, Darren, I can say that. Yes, you can. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you have. So let, yeah. So, so yeah. yeah. Three so wise three men. Wise, yeah. Who are That's three wise persons. Yes. In the NFL. Uh, 
yeah. and it can be on field, off field. It can be historical. Who are it the? Can be anybody. It can be anybody. It can be any. I mean, you, 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 an example may be you may go commissioner, you may yeah. go Belichick, and you may go, I don't know, Kraft. I don't know. You might go owner, coach, commissioner. Yeah. You, you might have players. It depends how you view the NFL, doesn't it? Through, yeah. Through, we're asking you through your eyes, but we'll look at it through our eyes. Who are the three most significant people in the league? Really good, really, really good question. We will leave it there. We'll we'll leave you thinking. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for subscribing. Remember, give us a review. Give us a ranking, whatever it's called. We like that. Uh, we'll be here same time, same place next week, which will be Christmas week. So I've no doubt we'll find it difficult getting it in the schedule. But whatever we will happens, do it. We will do we it. We will do it. We will do it. Be merry. Have a good one. Uh, if Santa comes and empties his sack all over your front room, then congratulations, he's given you exactly what you wanted. Uh, this has been a Shooting Shark production. Darren, as always, it's a pleasure and a joy, my friend. Top man, I will speak to you soon. Right, thank you very much. All the best. See you later, Fumble Likes. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.